You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, presented by Visa. Help support your local businesses. Whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite local shops, local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses. Look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. An official partner of the NFL. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Follow him on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how's it going today? Things are good. We're getting right into things here. We got some crazy scheduling stuff over the last couple weeks, such as life, but I feel like we're kind of getting a handle on what's going on in the NFL, and I think it's pretty clear that there's some pretty bad teams. Yes, the uh, the bad teams are standing out. Yeah. We could probably say the same thing uh, in our dynasty leagues. Four, five, six weeks in, you start to really uh, figure out who the true contenders are and who the uh, who the teams are that are just looking ahead to next year. Again, that's true both in our fantasy leagues and in the NFL. Matt, as we always do on Tuesdays, we're going to start with some dynasty transactions. I'm going to start this week. Evan Ingram, I'm, I'm ready to give up. I, hmm. I had hope. I know a, a lot of people were uh, expecting a big game out of him this past week against Dallas. They've uh, allowed, uh, of course, a ton of uh, passing yard yardage in general, especially to the tight end position. I know he, he had the touchdown on the, uh, on the run. He also had the uh, touchdown on the fake punt uh, or, or fake field goal, I believe it was. And, um, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still just not seeing it that that entire offense is is kind of a mess. And I think he came, carries still enough name value that you can maybe pivot to to one of these other younger players who are honestly just outproducing him. Um, I'm willing to add to him to get Johnny Smith. I think maybe right now is a good time to buy Noah Fant. He's banged up. If you can flip Ingram for Fant, I would do that. TJ Hawkinson, Mike Gusecki, or other guys I would look for in an in an Evan Ingram trade. Well said. I don't disagree with you because those names you mentioned are more appealing, especially the way you laid it out to use Ingram to get one of them. And maybe because they just haven't disappointed us yet. You know, I mean, progressing as a tight end is tough in this league. I, I feel like watching Giants Dallas, though, the Giants deserve a little bit more benefit of the doubt than we've been giving them. Because how many times did we say in the offseason, draft Giants at your own peril, that first month's going to be terrible with all the, the defenses they have to play. And it was terrible. I mean, they lost Barkley. It couldn't have been worse. It was terrible. And then I think everyone excuses, you know, everyone says, you know, kill the, the Giants for those four weeks. And again, it was terrible, but they were really good defenses. And then they do reasonably well against Dallas, and everyone just says, well, Dallas's offense is terrible, so they should do well. Like, you can't have it both ways. But that doesn't mean Ingram's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ingram has been good uh, in the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's had the health uh, and the injury concerns, but when he's been on the field, he's he's really been their number one target, especially post 
uh, Odell Beckham era. Uh, but it's just, it's not happening. I don't know if it's a Daniel Jones issue. I don't know if it's, uh, of course, a new offensive coordinator this year. I don't know if, uh, if that has anything to do with it, but uh, I, I'm, I'm taking this opportunity, this touchdown and, and almost two touchdown game from Ingram to try to try to move him. Matt, who are you buying, selling? What are you doing this week? Uh, let's keep it along those lines because I'm going to buy Irv Smith, who was someone I was super excited about this offseason. His beginning of the year couldn't have gone worse, but that kind of is true for all the Vikes, too. I mean, they were running a very, very low number of plays those first couple weeks, and now it's been the total opposite. You know, they're controlling the football, they're running the ball. Uh, Justin Jefferson has emerged. Alvin Cook looks great if he's healthy. And I think as a result, and against Seattle, we saw Irv Smith making plays. I think they found their identity and are going to start to get Smith more involved. Yeah, I love the Smith call. He was a player I was actually thinking about prior to that game on Sunday night that uh, this is a guy I still believe in. He's done absolutely nothing. I should be sending out offers. And of course, he he pops up with uh, easily his best game of the year. Uh, he he came into that that week five game against Seattle the other night with two catches on the year. Yeah, and of course he had four uh, four for sixty four yards in that game, <laughs> easily uh, you know more than doubling, easily outproducing his uh, season long uh, numbers so far. So I, I still think even with that uh, improved game from Irv Smith, I still think he's a a buy target and a player that you could um, get at, at a much lower cost than what he was six weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's been trending down because of this production. Yeah. It's about as low. I think as he'll be Matt, I, I've got to ask you, and I know, uh, I know they talked about it yesterday and uh, really everybody is talking about this chase Claypool game, but of course with your ties to Pittsburgh and to the Steelers, I've got to hear what you have to say about it. Chase Claypool scores four touchdowns on uh, on Sunday and, and is really the talk of the NFL, at least until that Dak Prescott injury and kind of kind of brought everybody down. But is Claypool here to stay? I know this is this is a guy you've been impressed with uh, in as much as you've got to interact with them and 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 you know see them. Yeah given all the conditions, but uh, I know you were liking Claypool already and, and this can't hurt. Absolutely. And I, I, w- I wasn't at camp quote camp, you know, the, the practices, there was very, very few. There was only like a dozen or so reporters there. But I know all those guys well, and I would do shows with them and they, every time you see any of them, boy, Claypool looked even better. Oh my God. Do they have something yeah. in Claypool? He's unbelievable. He's bigger, faster, more explosive than I thought. They keep using him in every situation in practice, you know, down in the red zone, giving him carries. He's not just a run fast down the sideline guy. And we saw all that, and I thought they schemed him up extremely well. Um, I thought it was telling against Houston a couple weeks ago that when Deontay Johnson got hurt in that game two games ago, Claypool led the receivers in snaps then. And then this past week, you know, I don't know how you take him off the field. So... There's a lot of mouse to feed in Pittsburgh, and something that my co-host and I joke about on our Steeler show is, no matter what happens every Monday, Steeler fans are going to be mad. Why didn't Juju get <laughs> enough catches this week? Why didn't they use Washington more? Like, there's just not enough mouse to feed, and Claypool will sure. be the, you know, that'll hurt him from time to time, too. 
But yeah, oh yeah, he's here to stay. And Juju probably won't be back next year. Claypool and Deontay with Washington as the third sounds like a pretty good group. Yeah, so you, you kind of mentioned it there that Claypool really took advantage of Deontay Johnson being out of the lineup. Uh, he gets banged up again on Sunday and, and leaves the game. Uh, when Johnson is healthy... He's the number one. He's the number one. He's okay, number so one. yeah, kind of, kind of give it, give us uh, what you, how you see that breaking. Out. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they played only four games because they, they got the uh, unexpected bye week, and Johnson has pretty much missed seven out of sixteen quarters, and is still, I think, first or second on the team in targets, second on the team in receptions. He gets used like a number one. The opponents scheme him up like. The Eagles had Slay on him. Like, the opponents know he's the number one. There's a lot of mouths to feed, but I think he's... I hate to use the Antonio Brown comparison, but he's being used in the A-B role. Right, and and you know I've been a huge fan of, of Juju Smith-Schuster. I still am. Uh, but you have to be realistic at the same time. And for, for Pittsburgh... This this really just comes down to whoever's in that role, right? I mean, is that fair to say? I think. I mean, he's their best route runner. Yeah. I, mean, I think he's going to get the most targets. I think he'll be the consistent thing that on Monday, Steeler fans won't complain, well, they didn't use Deontay enough. Uh, well, let's let's go back to Chase Claypool here. We'll, we'll kind of wrap this segment okay. up with this. What are you doing in Dynasty? Obviously, the price has spiked. After his week five performance, are you buying? Not anymore. Buying high? Not anymore. I mean, I'm as high on him as you could be, um, but the price now, as posed a couple days ago, has to be double, right? Sure. I think the price might be a first and a second. Would you do that? I'd consider it if I didn't think it was a top five pick. I mean, like I, we okay. were talking about this in the Steelers show today. If they redrafted the NFL draft. I think Claypool would be a top 10 pick overall. Based on, on what we know. Yeah, these, you watch four through games. these five games. Right. I'm not saying to right. necessarily go ahead of Lamb or Judy. But I'm not that there's anything wrong with those guys, but he's a freak. I mean, he's not much different than DK Metcalf. Well, redraft is, is a good topic because that's what we did over at DLF uh, recently. We got together to redraft... Uh, dynasty rookie drafts that's what we're going to be talking about in our next segment we'll see where chase claypool fell in that one but first i want to tell everyone about rockauto.com so with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need for the traditional chain storefront so why why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry. So you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So, you know, you can repair and maintain your cars to save money. You can use it for other important things like mortgage or food or whatever you want. And rockauto.com is a place to make that all work for you. I mean, chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com also offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Uh, RockAuto.com is for everybody and not only requires a membership or a login. So 
Um, they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend twice as much for the same parts? So this is what you do. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent it to you. And they have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Matt, we are back, and before the break, I mentioned uh, that over at DLF, we got together and did a rookie draft do-over, dynasty rookie draft do-over, and as you can imagine, there were lots of changes. So just, mm. just for the record, this was held, this draft was held between week four and five, so prior to the the big Chase Claypool breakout game. Um, and I just kind of want to go over this today to take a quick look at some of the risers and fallers. We've got the top two rounds here today. Uh, we'll go go through some of these quickly and and uh, spend a little bit more time on some of those key guys. <clears throat> so again, this was something I put together with uh, a bunch of riders over at Dynasty League Football. First overall, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, just like he did in most uh, most of those rookie drafts back in the spring and the late summer would Clyde still be your 101 if you get if you had the chance to go back and do this all over again I think Edwards Alaire would be my number 1 I think there's a little more little more buzz than he deserves just watching him on tape he's not really a pile mover I think he's a good receiver not an elite receiver I don't think he'll ever be a short yardage guy. His situation's obviously great. But I think seeing him on in week one on a national stage and opening night inflated him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um I think he's I think he's probably still my number one as well. Really close to Jonathan Taylor, uh, who was the second player drafted in this uh in this exercise. It feels like every time I update my rookie rankings or my running back rankings at DLF, I'm flip-flopping those two. Uh, so they're, they're very close in value. Uh, similar situations in that they're, um, they're both running behind, or well, uh, Edwards Hilaire in, in an excellent offense overall, of course. Taylor with uh, what, what many consider to be one of the best offensive lines in the game coming into the season. They've been a little banged up as well. Um, I think those are still the two guys after that, it feels pretty wide open to me. And again, this was just one draft. This is not ADP data or anything like that. So we could really see some varied opinions. JK Dobbins was the third player drafted. Uh, again, that, that kind of holds true to what we saw in the spring, Clyde Taylor, and then Dobbins would Dobbins be your third choice. I'm pretty disappointed in him. I mean, I still have super high expectations, by the way, Jonathan Taylor's quarterback stinks. It's a little different than the Chiefs' oh. situation. He is done. Um, so bad. So, so bad. bad. I might ra- – I don't know. I mean, running backs carry more weight. When in doubt, take a young running back. That's how I believe it. I love Dobbins. He was my favorite one in that draft class before the draft took place. 
But it is a true three-headed monster in Baltimore. I might take Lamb or Judy over him at this point. Yeah, I think I would take C.D. Lamb over him. C.D. Lamb did go fourth in this uh, rookie draft do-over. Of course, he was more like the sixth or, or sometimes even seventh option in rookie drafts. That's looking like a steal. Matt, I'm, I'm going to shock you here and maybe shock some of our listeners. I updated my Dynasty wide receiver rankings. C.D. Lamb is my wide receiver, too. In Dynasty period? In Dynasty. Over, wow. Yes. Holy smokes. Yeah. So we talked about him I, a couple I, weeks I just, ago. Wow, who's one? I, I'm just. Uh, it's DK Metcalf. Okay, okay, I can see yeah. that. Wow, boy, so, those ranks changed in the last couple of weeks. They really have. They have, and I, I'm just thinking, if I've got CD Lamb on my team, would I trade him for Michael Thomas, who's six or seven years older, and, and potentially playing in, with the last season? Of Drew Brees. No, I wouldn't. Would I trade him for DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, as as great as he has been this this season. I don't think I would. Same thing for Devontae Adams. Same thing for Tyreek Hill. Mm. So that's that that's what led me there. And uh, Matt, you know I'm I'm always uh <laughs> aggressive. Yeah. It's right. probably fair to say with, with those younger players and, and wanting to lock them in on my roster. So um based on that I would I would have lamb at least third maybe even higher uh let's let's get moving here a little bit jerry judy was fifth antonio gibson sixth overall Mm. Uh, in many of those dynasty rookie drafts we saw him in the second or even in the third round of course in the the early drafts the later it got in the offseason the higher he went Uh, washington dumped darius geis and adrian peterson and then it, it it really uh, really went crazy when it comes to Gibson's value. A, a month in, are you seeing him in this range, or does this feel too high for him? It's too rich for me. I mean, yeah, his athleticism jumps off the screen. He has super high potential, but I think they're beating on the Jets' door to be the worst team in the league. I mean, they had seventy passing yards in, in this past game, and they're on their third quarterback. It's just a bad situation. The blocking stinks. I don't like where they're – and plus he's a work in progress. Like, I prefer Jefferson, Akers, some of these other guys, probably still Swift, even though he's lost some luster. Yeah, I agree. And, and those some of those names you mentioned are the next players drafted. Jefferson, seventh. Uh, he had a slow start but has really come on um, in the past two or three weeks. Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, those are the players who were most often drafted at four and five. Each have uh, ha- have obviously dropped a little bit. Akers has been hurt. Swift uh, really can't can't find a consistent role in that Lions offense. And then Jalen Rager, another rookie who has been hurt and missed time, comes in tenth. James Robinson, eleventh overall. Of course, this is a player who was not drafted in most dynasty rookie drafts. Um, kind of, I guess, kind of a similar situation to Gibson in that he he was a late round guy uh, in in rookie drafts if drafted at all, and then really saw his value jump after Jacksonville dumped Leonard Fournette. Of course, I think you have to be impressed with what what we've seen from James Robinson. We've talked about him. It feels like almost every week so far. Is this where you're taking him? Are you taking him over some of these? Uh, some of these talented wide receivers that we'll talk about in just a moment. No, I like them. 
Uh, he's been very impressive. I don't think it's fluky. I just don't know if he's going to be their starter week one next year. And there's a lot of these receivers whose stock, you know, that I was using the ninth, tenth pick overall on, and I don't like them any less now. You know, we'll get to the names. Yeah, and, and it really goes to the depth of this class yeah. and, and really what we've seen from these from these players already just five weeks in. So saying James Robinson is more of a, a mid-second than a late first in this class is not a, that's not really a knock. That's not a negative thing. It just shows how, how deep the group is. Uh, 12, Brandon Ayuk. 13, LaVisca Chenault. 14, Joe Burrow. Uh, pretty much the same range all three of those guys were going uh, this offseason. All have been impressive. Henry Ruggs and T. Higgins at 15 and 16. Uh, I guess I'm surprised to see those guys, especially Higgins, so low. Right. Both of those both of those players are, are basically the top options for their teams now in the passing game, or, or at least at the wide receiver position. The Raiders obviously have Darren Waller. Uh, and, and maybe it's a toss up with T Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd, but they've made up enough ground to make it uh, an argument. And then at 18, we've got Chase Claypool. So I think if we do this, if we do this exercise again after week five, instead of after week four, obviously Claypool is going to be higher. Much. Looking at all, looking at all of these names, where would you rank him? Uh, is he all the way up maybe with Jefferson or maybe even higher? Ahead of Swift. So okay, eight, so Swift nine. Is nine. Yeah, I think he'd be nine. Akers is eight, and I think I'd take him over Gibson, who's six. So he's like my eighth guy overall. I still have a lot of hope for Akers. I'd take Akers over him, but yeah. that's about the neighborhood. Yeah, so he's he's obviously a fast riser. Uh, the Steelers draft a wide receiver. We should be paying attention to that. We'll finish out the rest of these players that made up the second round. After Chase Claypool was Brian Edwards, Zach Moss, Joshua Kelly, Michael Pittman, KJ Hamler, and Denzel Mims. Pittman and Mims both have been hurt. Those are both guys who were being drafted uh, late first or early second round of Dynasty rookie drafts, and and they have lost some value uh, mostly because of injury. Interesting list. Uh, Matt, in, yeah, anything else stand out to you here? Uh, the only thing I would throw in there is you've got to be a little down on Dylan and Moss just because they haven't done much yet. Um, but if Burrow's at 14, Herbert should be at 15 to me. Like, I don't think there's much of a difference between those two for fantasy. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Burrow was at, at 14, was really being drafted as a first-rounder, even in one-quarterback leagues in a lot of dynasty rookie drafts. Uh, so, so falls a little bit. But you're right, if, if he's in that mix, then Justin Herbert should be as well. And, and even though we haven't seen Tua, he's not far behind. Uh, I would still take Ruggs and Higgins and, and Claypool and some of these players, uh, some of these receivers that were behind Burrow. I'd still take those guys ahead of all the quarterbacks. So Burrow and Herbert would, would both be uh, later in the second round for me. Yeah, like Burrow versus Higgins isn't close to me. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. I agree. Matt, when we come come back, we'll wrap up with a couple of listener questions. First, I want to tell you about a friend of the, of the podcast, the whole Locked On Network. I've told you guys a lot about Built Bar, but they have a new product called Built Go. And Built Go is a healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy isn't fake. It's lasting and natural. I'm really excited to learn more and more about this, and they've been such a good 
um, you know, sponsor for us and friend of the whole network that they do phenomenal work. And um, their, their big thing is break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with go every day. Easy to take 1.5 ounce packages, put it in your briefcase for, you know, most focused presentation ever, or your golf bag to power through the back nine, or put it in your pocket to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. They come in three three awesome flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. So, how does it work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with a collagen protein. And collagen protein is a fast absorbing, so it gets into the system fast, plus it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite our work. You know, uh, beta-alunine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Built Go then keeps and keeps to keep you you're going strong. B6, B12, ten thousand percent of your daily percentage. Um, offer here's our offer for you. So visit builtgo.com and use our promo code locked, and you'll get twenty percent off your next order. Use promo code locked for twenty percent off at builtgo.com. Let's go. Matt, we've got a couple of listener questions today. First one comes from John. It's at John042119 on Twitter. He wants to know, what are you paying for Andy Dalton as a contender in a Superflex League? Uh, so, of course, we, we kind of uh, hinted at the, the Dak Prescott injury. It was obviously tough to watch sure. uh, for so many reasons. Uh, but uh, uh, while it's changing the trajectory of the Cowboys season. It's changing a lot of dynasty seasons as well because Dak Prescott was carrying those fantasy teams. Of course, that's, that's far down the, uh, the list of important issues related to this, but it's why we're here. So we'll talk about it. Andy Dalton, probably on the waiver wire, uh, in, in a lot of leagues, uh, maybe, maybe 50, 50 when it comes to super flex leagues, if he's on the waiver wire, you're you're going all in. Whatever you have left in in your blind bid uh, budget, you're putting it on Andy Dalton. So that's that's the easy decision. But what if he's already on a roster? You've got Dak Prescott, and now you've got a hole at the quarterback position. What type of offer are you making for Andy Dalton? Or I don't know, Matt. Maybe maybe you have some other thoughts there. Maybe he wouldn't even be a guy you would be targeting. No, uh, he's in a tremendous offense. He's proven to be an NFL quarterback. We don't know Dak's future for the long term. And, oh, by the way, makes it even sadder, scarier. He doesn't have a contract. You know, could Dallas say, well, your, your recovery's not coming along well. Andy, you're going to start next year and we're going to draft somebody. I think that's possible. Or does Dak come back and is awesome and Andy Dalton is the Falcons' new quarterback while they draft someone? So, like, he, there's a lot of paths going forward where Dalton has value and he has a ton of immediate value. And even in non-superflex, I think he now has to be in every league in standard stuff, too. Um, but I'm attacking him pretty hard. I'm not sure what I'd pay exactly, but I'd pay a lot. First rounder? First round rookie pick. You're a contender. Super flex, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
There's a lot of football left this year, and that's a lot of points. Yeah, I think I probably am too. Uh, if I'm if I'm confident, that's a late first rounder, and it it goes it really goes back to what you mentioned. I think everybody assumed that Andy Dalton was hoping for that kind of Teddy Bridgewater path, where he he signs as a high profile backup. Uh, we saw Bridgewater get a chance uh, last year in New Orleans with Drew Bree- Drew Brees injury. And now, of course, Dalton has his shot. Uh, Dalton wants to be a starter in this league. That's yeah. obvious. Uh, we'll we'll see if that happens uh, on a more permanent basis in 2021. But for now, I, I think if if I've got Dalton and I'm trying to sell him, the price is certainly starting at a first round pick. You know, he's not going to be a guy that you give away because of exactly exactly what you mentioned that that offense. Uh, and it's not a it's not the type of conversation of, of quarterback doesn't matter or anybody can uh, can have success with uh, with those weapons. But um, Dalton has proven. I mean, he's been a top five fantasy quarterback in uh, in his career uh, several years ago, of course. But he he's got the weapons to produce again. So yeah, absolutely, he would be a target. And and really willing to pay up. For and him. this is the, the the best reason why in Superflex you grab Jacoby Brissett, who by the way might be starting sooner than later. You know, like these proven backups. <laughs> you only need one bad thing to happen, or one of many bad things to happen, that all of a sudden Andy Dalton's your fourth quarterback on your depth chart, and you can turn him into a first or something you can use right now. Like boom, you just hit a home run for minimum investment. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Superflex leagues, typically the rosters are larger. I know I found uh, myself this year a, a few times with uh, an open roster spot. Maybe I moved somebody to IR, maybe uh, whatever the situation might be, but I had an open roster spot and I'm searching the waiver wire for someone to add. And, and in so many instances, I've just added a backup quarterback. Yeah. I've got Deshaun Watson on my roster. Let me grab AJ McCarron. Yes, that that kind of feels a little sure. gross, but um, you know, backing up uh, these these quarterbacks in in some of the best offenses, or backing up your own quarterbacks that are already on your roster, is definitely a, a wise. Like play. I wish Atlanta had a fourth round rookie quarterback. I don't care who yeah. he is. You know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> They might have a first-round rookie quarterback right, next right. year. <laughs> All right, next question, Matt, comes from Garrett. It's Garrett. Uh, it's at Garrett5958987 on Twitter. What's up with all these numbers Yeah, today, about that? <laughs> Garrett says, has the wide receiver group ever been so deep, so much deeper than the running backs? Uh, he says, I love, I love 40 wide receivers and only about 10 running backs. How do we handle this as dynasty players? Well, he, he's totally right here, of course. And we've talked about the depth of the wide receiver position. And you might think of that as, as a good thing, but it really has hurt the top of the, the position over the past couple of years. It's, it's why we've seen so many running backs in the first round of dynasty startup drafts because uh, the, you know, the, the depth there is fairly limited, although it's, I mean, it's, it's probably deeper even than we've seen it in several years, but when the injuries start happening, it, it, it just really feels thin. I know I went to update my rankings uh, over the weekend 
or, or Monday, I guess, after those games. And I'm trying to move Chase Claypool up a few spots. I'm trying to move Robbie Anderson up after sure. his impressive start. And and these guys are still in the in the 40s or 30s overall of wide receivers because the position is just so deep. So how how are you handling Yeah, and that? you're more the dynasty historian than I am. And, you know, he asks, has it ever been so much deeper than the running backs? Not that I can remember, that's for sure. I mean, I th- no. and I think the culprit's very easy. Well, two reasons. Teams live in three receiver sets. And in no time that I can remember, and I'm like been an analyst for about 20 years now, has there been this many outstanding wide receiver classes from an NFL standpoint enter the league one after another? And it sounds like next year's is going to be really good too. So, I mean, every team in the NFL has two or three of them. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, it's it's the depth of the position on a team level has led to that tremendous depth uh, in dynasty and in fantasy football and. Uh, unfortunately this year it's just been the the running back spot that has been uh, suffering so many injuries so it it does feel thin right now when you've got Barkley and McCaffrey and now Dalvin Cook and uh and so many others who are hurt uh it, the position feels thin though I I don't think that's I don't think that's really the case I, I do still feel like there's some depth mm-hmm. there but certainly not not as much as the as the wide receiver. Last position. note on just the, the incoming rookies. Like we talked about Metcalf and Claypool. If they come out of Notre Dame and Ole Miss, you know, 10 years ago, and they're that big and they run that fast, all their other warts aside, they would have been like a top 15 NFL pick. You know, there's just so many other receivers. You get Claypool in the middle of the second round and Metcalf at the end of the second round. Like those guys shouldn't fall. Yeah, we've, we've kind of seen that shift away from, I guess, that prototypical alpha wide receiver uh, as the NFL, I mean, you already talked about it. They, they're they using more um, three wide receiver sets, mm-hmm. sometimes even four wide receiver sets. So you're seeing these uh, smaller slot guys have a lot of success and gain some value. I mean, you're right. Years ago, not only would – Guys like Metcalf and, and Claypool have been top picks, but these these slot guys were just almost ignored unless unless they were Wes Welker yeah. and um, catching a you know 120 balls a year. We just we just really kind of kind of ignored that, um, and and the NFL did and as well in a lot of cases. So definitely changing times, like we always say on here, and and we just have to try to keep up and and adjust our strategy based on that. Matt, that will do it for today's show. Uh, Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. You can follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.